I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 and follows. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. But there's one gift that we presuppose that people ought to have, and that's evangelism. That's sharing the gospel. That's having some sort of fluent or formal way of communicating with people. But 1 Corinthians doesn't mention any of that. Why? Because sharing the gospel isn't a gift. Sharing the gospel is a commandment in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and follows, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you, or ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus here commands us to share the gospel. First Corinthians doesn't mention that sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel is a gift, but it goes back to Jesus. It's the Great Commission. This is Faith and Fatherhood, Josue Rivera speaking. Thank you for joining me today in this uh, fourth episode. This is my fourth episode and my podcast. Today I went out evangelizing with my nephew and it was not the most greatest experience, but it was an experience nonetheless. We passed our tracks, we spoke to some people. We didn't really have much engagement but there was one, one man that we spoke who said that I'm saved because of a spiritual experience. Now, I kind of thought maybe somewhere in my head, for you apologetical people listening to me, that maybe he was a Mormon, maybe he had a burning in his bosom, right? But he said he's a Pentecostal, so that kind of threw that notion out the way. And he said that he was saved because of an experience. Yet the Bible tells us not to rely on experiences. The Bible doesn't really magnify experiences as indicators of truth or that salvation is some sort of feeling. Salvation is a position, not a feeling. So I kept pushing and I just asked him, where in the Bible does it say that you're saved through an experience? And so it can get quite arbitrary. He said, well, I know because I feel it. And I told my nephew that feelings aren't something that the Bible really puts a lot of emphasis on. It's, it's not indicators or indications of something to rely on. 
Jer Jeremiah 17 says that our hearts are wicked above all things right who can understand the human heart that is disruptive it is this constant uh, toil uh, Charles Spurgeon says our hearts are idol factories we're constantly trying to find different idols different things to place our worship on because we were created with the intent of worshiping that was written by uh, Matt Chandler he says that we were intended to worship God and so we've limited ourselves in worshiping God we sell attend church or I would worship God in music I would worship God in attending church attending various churches I will even worship God in sort of imprisoning myself in the church but the question is is that what the Bible say or more so is that what the Bible promotes is that what the Bible is sort of pushing is that the agenda of scripture to just stay be stay in the middle of your four walls to spend 74 hours or 100 hours in your church that's not and it's a very clear-cut way to find that out and you're probably wondering host way how I say go read the book of Acts often and not and I tell you the truth Paul is in constant travel mode right he may not be in cruise control but he's definitely in travel mode he debated for a year and a half with the Jews on Christ and the Messiah towards the end he would talk about with King Agrippa um, and King Agrippa would respond back and say, you know, you almost got me to be a Christian because Paul would dedicate time to him. But as you can see, Paul was in constant conversation with people because he was proclaiming Christ. He would worship Christ with his friends. He'll get together in Colossians 3.13 or I believe it's Colossians 3.16. He would get together and, and he would tell them to worship God. Men, worship God. So he had no problem worshiping God, but he also had a problem, let's say in James 2, where people were too comfortable, right? He was too comfortable. James, right? He said it was too comfortable with their salvation. And so they would say stuff like, you know, faith without work is dead. Not saying that you're saved by your works, but that, hey, I understand you're saved, but go and work. It's not, oh, I don't feel like it. Bible doesn't put emphasis on that. I don't want to promote that God is some sort of sociopath. That some somehow God is not caring, that God doesn't care about your feelings. He most definitely care. He loves you. Christ came and died for us. Yet we were still sinners. He died for us. When I think of evangelism in today's modern world, I think about the various ways we can use our talents, our abilities to share the gospel. We've sort of relied on computer, Instagram, Facebook, but no sort of confrontation. We've almost we've almost came to a, a dispute that if you share the gospel, that's nice. Just don't do it in public. Do it in the secret place. And though that may be effective that's not what jesus commanded us to do he says go into the world and share the gospel and we've sort of tried to save ourselves when the bible says not to save yourself 
just pick up your cross. So go outside. Grab some Bible tracks. You don't have to have all the answers in the world. I just popped up this this article here that says, and I think this is really interesting what it says here. Uh, what is this, the Gospel Coalition? No, no, this is uh, Lifeway Groups Ministry. I think of a really good point. Give me one sec, all right, I think. So it says, it's not that we don't want to go outside and evangelize. It's that some of us think we don't know how. Now, the how part can be difficult. I understand Living Water Ministries is a great comfort. They have a course on how to go about sharing your faith and having discussions with people and how not to fall into rabbit traps or rabbit holes in conversations. And I, I, would, I would highly suggest that the church would encourage sharing the gospel. The church, I believe, has failed in doing so. And that makes a lot of people believe that they're okay with doing the least. And fun, continuing, it says, is that some of us think we don't know how or think we have to memorize a certain acronym in order to share the good news of salvation, forgiveness, and grace. And if we do it wrong, God can't use it. Others feel confident in sharing the good news, but don't know how to inspire others to do the same. It's time for that to change. And it's so true. This hits the nail in the head. It's so perfectly true. It says, or two, we have to memorize a certain acronym in order to share the good news of salvation. We don't have to memorize. People under, people can really discern if you're what you're saying, it's memorized, if it's robotic. It's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation about your faith. I know when I started sharing my faith under uh, Pastor Wayne at West Haven uh, Baptist Church, I, I didn't know how to go about doing it. It was pretty quick, guys. It was it pretty much went about in this manner. Hi, how are you? I'm passing out Bible tracts. Can I ask you a question? He will respond and say, yes. I say, if you were to die today, where would you go? Boom. Pretty heavy question to start off. It's very effective. It's just getting into the nitty gritty and not hiding behind the bushes. Does it work? Absolutely. Does it take some time to kind of get away from the repetition? Most certainly. But we fall into this gap of what's called not having a conversation, but having a presentation. Thinking that everything we say must sound and come off like you're a professor. You don't. It's okay to you know say you don't know or kind of not sure how to go about it, but they understand people will extend grace. People understand what you're doing is not easy. It says here that share the good news of salvation, forgiveness, and grace. And if we do it wrong, God can't use it. I'll be the first one to let you know that you're never at a lost law situation when sharing the gospel. Mark Cahill's book, uh, I believe it's, What's One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven? And that's sharing the gospel. You can't do that in heaven because everyone in heaven already knows the gospel. They've all been saved and redeemed and forgiven. And grace has been extended to them. And Christ has paid for their sins. And they've accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. But atheists, they can't hear the gospel. Because they're not in heaven. And you're always in a win-win situation. God understands your heart. He understands your motives. 
He understands that though it may be easy for someone on your right to pass out 20, 30 tracks and have 20, 30 conversations, the positive intent of sharing the gospel with people, I believe that, that I believe you win there. You, you're glorifying God through that ministry. Others feel confident in sharing the good news, but don't know how to inspire others to do the same. It's true. Sometimes it's people have their own time to go out and share the gospel. It takes a little longer of discipleship for someone to feel comfortable. You don't have to memorize everything. You don't have to learn the entire Bible to go out and share the, the good news of the gospel. You really don't. And if, I believe First Corinthians, Paul says, I come to you in lame terms or in lame, uh, you know, uh, I say like language. He, he didn't use beautiful language. He understood that he has to talk wise with the wise, but it's not like he's trying to bring pride on himself. He wasn't trying to bring any sort of attention to himself. He wanted to bring the attention to Christ and Christ alone. To forsake everything else and know that Christ and Christ alone is sufficient and enough for him and for everyone else. Evangelism isn't a gift. It's not like if you didn't have evangelism um, as, a, as a gift and you can't do it, you're exempted. There you go, loophole found. No, it's evangelism is a commandment, it's a calling. It's an honor to go and share the gospel because there's lost souls walking around you on a day-to-day -day basis. People who don't know the gospel are walking right around you. I mean, they're not walking around you. They're on your Instagram. They're in your Facebook. They're in your Snapchats. They're constantly floating around. And if you love them, if you truly love them, you will share the good news of the gospel. For someone who's a doctor and knows that his patient has cancer, if he loves him and he's a good doctor, he will tell him, son, you have cancer and we have to work things out. He's not going to go and say, well, you're perfectly fine. You have nothing to worry. And as he walks away, he says, woof, I'd rather have someone else tell him he has cancer because I wouldn't know how to work around the emotional barrier or breakdown. I wouldn't know how to go about it. I pray each and one of you, are, as you're listening to this, will feel challenged to step out of your, your comfort zone, to share the gospel, and be determined to do it once a day. Adil Moody shared the gospel with those in bars every night until he at least shared it with one person. And so make that commitment to share the gospel with one person. Read the gospel on a day-to-day -day basis. Keep the law in your mouth day and night. Meditate on the law day and night. Be that firm tree planted in the river day and night. God bless you and have a beautiful night.